We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of Sports Daily with Jake Balbrock and Tommy Castor. Glad to be here with you on this Thursday. A lot coming up on the program today. We'll look ahead to the weekend of betting with our friend Chelsea Messenger coming up in our next segment. Uh, always good to get the gauge, the feel of what the weekend is shaping up for uh, as we creep closer and closer to getting some bowl games uh, to take a swing at. We'll have our buddy Tim Fitzgerald, Life of Fitz, uh, coming up at the top of hour number two, our K-State Insider. See what's going on there. We've got uh, K-State continuing preparations for the Sugar Bowl. We've got the basketball team with extra time. I'm curious to know, uh, you know, the feel for Jerome Tang and what he's been able to do with all that extra practice time. We'll talk about that as well on the program. Glad to be here with you, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Tommy, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm good. I'm officially on vacation for the rest of the week, so uh, getting ready to enjoy that. Going out of town as soon as the show is done today, uh, taking the family to Branson, Missouri for the weekend, which I, I, I actually really enjoy going there. I've talked to people before, like my buddies are like, what are you, 90, and you enjoy going there? <laughs> like, well, you know what? It's a little bit different around Christmas time. Uh, they do it up right, a ton of Christmas lights and all of that, and I've got a little kid, and so uh, looking forward to doing that this weekend. Yeah, it's fine. We, I've been once. Uh, we went whenever my three-and-a-half-year-old son was, like, very first born, if I remember correctly, and was it Branson? Is it Branson that has Dolly Parton's pirate adventure yeah. thing? That was yeah. awesome. Like, that was yeah. really cool. Everything else, yeah, was sure. um, it's tuned a to gaudy. a different it's a, a, a different. Speed maybe than I'm sure. used to. However, a lot of with tour kids, buses from nursing homes. I, I don't yes, deal with that. With okay. kids though, it was fine, and it was fine. And we went up yeah. and on the lake and had breakfast one day, and it's beautiful. And I, yeah. you know, it was it was good. I, I'm I'm fine with Branson. I don't have a problem. Yeah, with Branson. Always, it's nice uh, because you can drive it. Exactly. You know, it's like a four hour drive. It's really not that bad. So um, we've got the the car loaded up. As soon as the show is done, we're hitting the road, driving there for the weekend. We always go to uh, Silver Dollar City, which if anybody listening is is familiar with that theme park around Christmas, they have like six million Christmas lights around the park. And so that's what we go for because it's you know pretty cool. And I've always said, like I grew up going there with my family. I've always said I can't really be in the Christmas spirit until I go there and I see the six million Christmas lights. So it should be a lot of fun. Oh, so you guys, you guys do this 
as a yearly tradition? You go to Branson every year? Well, we haven't for a while. COVID, you know, kind of stopped us from doing that. And then last year, our our son was like five months old and we just felt like it wasn't, you know, worth going in the cold and doing all that. Uh, but he's a year and a half now. Uh, he loves Christmas. And so we figured we would bring that back. Okay. Well, I, yeah. look, I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I think that's a good tradition. Traditions are, are great. We don't, we're I'll not going to have the a criticism. Lot of... If anybody is going to, you know, say that it's tacky or gaudy or whatever, I'll, I'll own it. Like I'm not going to no sit here and try to pretend that. that it's not. Yeah. Who cares? I don't, I, I, I don't I know care what it is. It sounds like Jad actually has a good Uh-oh. Branson story that he wants to share. <laughs> well, Jad, hit us. Unfortunately, it's not mine. I haven't been to Branson since the 80s. It was quite different mm-hmm. back then. Sure. Uh, I imagine. But uh, Steve McIntosh, the host of the show that I just got done uh, uh, producing over there on sister station KNSS, Steve went uh, pre-pandemic a few years, I believe. So that's the time frame that we're talking about. Uh, he and his, his lovely wife uh, packed up and, and drove over to uh, Branson, uh, got there kind of a midday-ish sort of time, uh, found a restaurant that they wanted to go to, drove around for a little bit, couldn't find a parking spot, uh, decided to forego the meal and go to some attraction they were going to go to. I forget exactly what it was. Uh, got there, couldn't find a parking spot. Uh, tried to find someplace else to eat, made a decision, couldn't find a parking spot, uh-huh. <laughs> turned around and drove back to Wichita. Wow. They well, drove there, uh... never found a place to park, and just drove back. You, that That is next level, uh, <laughs> yeah. n- Steve, if Steve's listening. That's next level, grumpy old man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's like not, not finding... <laughs> I'm sure that the statement was heard loud and clear from Branson. Why do we do that, by the way? Like, why do we get old? Somebody was, there was somebody in the in the office, and and we took a call, like a totally unreasonable call, uh, to the newsroom at the TV station, which we get, you know, as you can imagine, hundreds of. And somebody was like, "Man, that that older person was just really kind of grumpy and old." And I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "I, I sure hope I don't get that way." And I'm like, "Listen." we all do like it's sure. you don't have control of it none of us want to get grumpier as we age but for whatever reason it's coming for all of us and i don't look, understand why that is i think though that you can predict who's going to be grumpier than others when they're young like i would go out on a limb and say that between the two of us you will end up grumpier than i will be when we're probably in our 70s. That's interesting. Like, I think you will be the grumpier one. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying you're negative, but you're I just probably I think, right. I just, I just think that out of between the two of us, I might be a little more jolly than than you are. I'm I'm insanely optimistic, which is why this and you're right, by the way, uh, I'm insanely optimistic. And generally things don't bother me or at least they didn't used to. And now they do. And it's funny because in my family, my dad his name to his grandkids is Grumpa. Like, it's huh. Grumpa. And so we always have fun with that and make fun of it. And, yeah, sometimes I'm like, why, why am I grumpy? Like, what, I've never been grumpy in my life. Like, what is happening to me? It's, it comes for you. Like, there's nothing we could do about it. Nobody chooses it. You're not sitting around and be like, you know what? I think I'm going to be a 
grumpy old coot today. That that's what I want to do today with my life. No, well, nobody as, does. As somebody that's that's older than than both of you, it it hits you so fast. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, you're you're your dad or your grandpa. You just that that's just the way it is. I think well, that it's fair. I think it's fair to say though that there are there are people that are you know our age, Jacob, like in our in our thirties, late thirties that want to like they look forward to it like if they're if they're grumpy right now it's not a good thing like people don't like them uh it's not endearing there's not an endearing quality to being grumpy at our age but they look forward to it like they they already know 30 40 years down the line or maybe even sooner than that like they're going to be a grumpy old man and they're they're excited about it they want to do it because they feel like at that point it's kind of uh, it's not looked down upon quite as much when you're you older. You get like, a little sort of be more like, okay, freedom. It's all right. Yeah. yeah, it's just that old guy. Don't worry about what he's saying. Exactly. You do. There is freedom in aging, in that you can pretty much say whatever you want to, and people are like, like we just look like jerks come on, if grandpa. we're grumpy right now at our age. Oh yeah, like, you don't want to be don't grumpy now. Spend time with us, like we're you know, if it's you're grumpy not even, at our age. I I don't know that. And there are times when I'm grumpy because we're all grumpy around our kids, right? When they're driving you nuts and they're not doing yeah. what they're supposed to and they're whining. I mean, that 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 would probably make anybody grumpy. Maybe it's as simple as that. But it's that I I have like rants about things more often in day to day life than I ever would have. And I've always had some, but like things bother me that wouldn't normally I wouldn't spend five seconds on like. Whatever it doesn't it didn't pertain. It, maybe it's just that more things about real life pertain to us now, so we inherently get like opinions on things. I, I don't know what it is, but it does. It comes at you. You don't know why. You like I catch myself sometimes, but it's interesting too. So my dad's grandpa, my grandpa was the most jolly, jovial person. <laughs> my grandpa that I spent more time with, the one that lived, you know, a long time lived. Worked seven days a week, partied seven days a week until he was 99 or 96 years old. And he died like that was his life. I'm like, that's what I need to be like. So I have both of those in me for sure. I just have to, you know, I have to suppress my grumpiness. I don't know if that's You're kind of towing that line, you know, between... I don't know if that's medically healthy yeah. to do that, but that's what I probably need to do. Um, but it, it, I, I it, yeah, look, I look forward to this show in 25 years. And to see how you and I have progressed. And I think that you're going to be, you'll probably be the grumpy one. You'll be, we'll start the show and you'll just go on a rant and I'll just I'll let have, you, you know, go on a rant what's, and what's going on with, you know, people that don't use their blinker. I was following exactly. somebody that didn't use their blinker today and it'll just ruin my whole day. 100%. Um, you'll basically, I and I mean this with, with all due respect and the, the, the nicest, you know, accolades I could ever you're gonna you'll be Bob Lutz and that's completely fine and I think that that's wonderful you know and and everybody needs every show needs someone like that and so I, I think that that's gonna be you and that's okay yeah I, I don't I, I can go there's two clear paths for me uh, genetically and I'll have to see which one goes the right way maybe there's a balance there maybe there's a blend uh, I, I don't know but we'll you know we we take it through this we'll program there. and you can all enjoy the journey with us um, let's, let's talk Thursday night football, but before we do that, one of the things that happened yesterday that I think has people talking, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's a lightning rod and quite frankly, we not 
ever really a direction I want to I want to take things here because we like to keep things lighthearted and entertaining, not like angering. But so the North High mascot, Red Hawks, is after you know about two years of discussion. It's taken a while, and I'll say this: the Wichita City School mascots are all really good, right? Blue Aces, Titans, Grizzlies. Uh, Falcons even. Like, there's a lot of unique pioneers. There's a lot of really unique, cool mascots in the Wichita School District. So Red Hawks is now what North High will be called. And I got to say, Tommy, I really like it. I think that's a really cool one. I like Red Hawks. I like that it, you know, red is a big part of North High. I like that it incorporates red. Red Hawks is pretty unique. It also gives them a path if they want to chase. Was it uh, Miami of Ohio or the Red? Who, who are the Red Hawks? Yeah, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, you know, they, it gives them a path if they need to sort of follow maybe some things. I, I like Red Hawks. I think it was a good choice. Yeah, uh, look, I, I don't have a problem with it. Ultimately, um, Red Wolves like, would have been cool. Yeah. I think that was another rumored one. Like you mentioned, like it's a lightning rod. It could have very easily been a nice transition into, you know, grumpy old man ranting uh, into this topic. But that's not what we're going to do here. Um, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I went to Clearwater High School. We were the Fighting Indians. Um, I'm a fan of the Chiefs. I'm a fan of the Braves. Um, I get it. Like, I understand the the world that we're in right now. Um, And this was something that there was a significant amount of pressure. Regardless if that pressure was warranted or not, that's not for me to decide. Um, I'm glad that they stuck with the theme of red uh, because yeah, of their color scheme and all of that. I don't have a problem with Red Hawks, and uh, you know they can put it to bed. They can they can make the change, and we can all move on. Well, yeah, and, they, and I know that they want to, um, and I'm glad that they'll be able to now, and they'll be the Red Hawks, and every kid that comes through there now will be a Red Hawk, and they won't care. I'm sure it sounds um, like a like a cop out, you know, for for me to say, well, you know, we can put it to bed, we can all move on, but ultimately, it's not up to me. It wasn't up to me. Here, <laughs> it hasn't been up to me. The, the, the decision was made, and we move on. The rea- Tommy, I don't think either of us is going to end up as a grumpy old man, to be perfectly no. honest with you. Um, you're, I, I may get grumpy here. You may at times get grumpy on social media, but neither of us are going <laughs> to sit here and like go down the grumpy path of like forcing some opinion from the soul that, you know, I, I feel like I need to lecture or no, I, I don't. Yeah, it's. It wasn't. It was a decision that was made. I, I'll talk about the mascot now, but I don't need. Nobody needs to hear from me on this topic. It means nothing right. what I think about it. So Red Hawks is what we are now, and and I like the Red Hawks. I think it's a cool mascot. I think that I think that, that can go a lot of cool ways. I think they'll have lots of opportunities to make that cool. Um, Thursday night football, Tommy. Before we switch to uh, Chelsea Messenger in the next segment, this will be an interesting one. The Seahawks, sort of fighting for their lives here in the you know in the NFC. We've seen quarterback injuries, and now we've got Brock Purdy potentially limited for, you know, San Francisco. And I don't even know who the, who's the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup now. Like, who would they even roll with if well, I think, Brock Purdy's sign, in real trouble? I think they signed Josh Johnson. Um, Is that it, though? Is that I'm what we're sure. going with yeah. tonight? Well, I mean, that's— What else do they have? I, I, think, I think Brock Purdy will play um, because what what's his injury here? He's—, he's uh, yeah, oblique. So it's not. I, I would bet that we see Brock Purdy play. I mean, are you kidding me? This opportunity, I would imagine he will do absolutely everything he can to get on that field. Um, CMC is a little bit banged up. We know Debo was carted off last week. So San Francisco limps into this game, and we'll talk to Chelsea about it because I am interested from the perspective of a bet what will happen here. Um, three and a, you know. 
we three-ish points. I've seen it at three. I've seen it at three and a half. Let's see what BetMGM has it at in just a second. But it's a tough one. Yeah, they still have it at three and a half. It's a tough one because Seattle is so desperate right now. San Francisco has created a little bit of cushion. All the injuries on one side of the field. Like, what? this is going to be a really interesting game. And, you know, normally when you have this many injuries to star players, it turns me off of a game. But I'm actually pretty interested in this one because of the scenarios both teams are in. Seattle, who's been spiraling downward, which... You know, you could see, and I say spiraling downward. They're, they've lost three out of four, uh, but before that, they won four in a row. So what are they? I don't really know the answer to that. But two of those losses, you know, three of those, all three of those losses, Tampa, Vegas, and Carolina, the only win coming against the Rams, it's a real opportunity for Seattle. Uh, San Francisco will come out with their hair on fire, too, because they obviously want to keep positioning. But I do think this for untraditional reasons, becomes a really interesting Thursday night football game. Yeah, I think it does too. And San Francisco, we know they've got the best defense in the NFL, and that's going to carry them. That's going to be the that's going to be the litmus test of this game. Ever since San Francisco lost to Kansas City back in Week Seven, the 49ers have not allowed more than 16 points to any opponent since that time. And the bottom line is that regardless of the injuries, regardless of anything else, we're talking about a divisional matchup in the month of December that have divisional stakes to it where Seattle is fighting for a playoff spot and San Francisco can clinch the division with a win tonight. And so there's a lot at stake with this game. Um, But I I don't think it's going to come down to who plays quarterback for San Francisco. It's going to come down to if the 49ers defense can stop Geno Smith, they can definitely stop the run for Seattle. Seattle's had a pretty terrible run game uh, recently. They've really regressed in that department due to injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, but do they we know a, if they, Walker's going to play yet? I, I haven't. I, I, I think don't, there's a yeah. decent chance that he plays. Um, I, but I don't but think we have a final the, answer on that. Yeah, regardless of the effectiveness of the run game, it has put a lot more pressure on Geno Smith to create the offense around him. And so because of that, I think that's why we've seen a little bit of that regression from Seattle. So if the 49ers defense, which is traditionally very stout, can come in and they can stop Seattle, then the 49ers should win this game. And, you know, I think the, the line right now is is three points. Um, I think that I think that San Francisco, I would lay the points for that. I think they can cover that. Yeah, I, I, it's it. Go, I can see it both ways, too, though. Like Seattle's, you know, we got to remember that Seattle has surprised us right and and done some good things and yes san francisco's hit a groove but seattle's at home um i mean i think seattle has a decent chance here i I, again i'm real curious and we'll do this in the next segment to get chelsea's take on this but seattle if walker plays he's a a very talented rookie they do have some weapons um you know their defense has been better than we thought it would be one of the reasons they were winning games early so maybe it's a chance for their defense to step up and and squash i actually kind of think there will be some points in this game um just sort of that you know go against the grain a little bit mentality but because of what's on the line i could i could see some points here um i think what what is the yeah 43 points i don't know i i it's a hard one to get a take on which means it should be a pretty entertaining game the geno smith story to me is fascinating i've loved it all year anyway um, and now, if if Brock Purdy play, if Brock Purdy doesn't play, it's going to change things a little bit for me. I do want to see Brock Purdy play. I hope he plays. He's going to play. He's going to play. 
I, I, there's no way unless he. I mean, he's got to be way hurt if like physically cannot can make the a division. Throw. He's gonna play. I mean, yeah. the, the, there's too much at stake. He'll play tonight. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get Chelsea's take on it. We'll do that next. Our betting insider Chelsea Messenger joins us next as we continue on this Thursday edition of Sports Daily. Uh, you can get in touch with the program, 869-1240. You can find us on social media. We've got one more four-pack of movie tickets to give away. We'll do that later in the show, so stay tuned for that opportunity to go see the new Avatar movie. Lots to get to today on this Sports Daily, and we'll see you right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Still trying to track down Chelsea Messenger here. Get ready for uh, a look ahead at the weekend bets. Certainly some interesting ones tonight. Tommy, we've got our uh, BetMGM first touchdown scorer opportunity tonight, the $25 insurance bet that we usually get. I took uh, DK Metcalf in that one. DK Metcalf is my choice on that one. Um, Your thoughts? You like DK as as an Uh, opportunity tonight? Yeah, I I think it's good because Seattle can't run the ball. And so if they get the ball first and Geno Smith is able to cook a little bit and get it to Metcalf, I think that's a, that's a decent play on the flip side. Um, I don't know. Maybe if, if I was going to pick a, yeah, I was going to say Kittle or Ayuk, if I was going to do something on the other end, um, of course, there's always McCaffrey. Like that's the dangerous. Yeah, but thing. he's a little he's a little nicked up. I, I'm a little scared of McCaffrey tonight. That's the dangerous uh, thing with San Francisco is they've got so many different guys that they can get the yeah. ball to. Um, you can't lean on just one person. Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a little bit difficult. But I, I don't mind the DK Metcalf choice. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. I'll tell you about that bet. But right now, we are pleased to bring in Chelsea Messenger. On the line is the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to check out the Daily Tip podcast for more of Chelsea Messenger analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcasts. And we welcome in Chelsea Messenger, as we do each and every week, to talk about the weekend of betting. We we sort of previewed Thursday Night Football in the first segment there, Chelsea, and it's an interesting one. It's a really interesting one from uh, every viewpoint. We Seriously, between the last segment and this segment, the line has moved from three and a half to three. Any strong take with so many variables still unknown on this game? How do we approach this one? Yeah, when this game was three and a half, my gut feeling was saying, take the points with Seattle. The three and a hook with a, a team that's playing at home. We all know Seattle has an amazing home field advantage. And plus, Brock Purdy playing his first real road game uh, since becoming a starter uh, for the Niners. And also, he's not feeling especially great. I uh, had, I believe, a rib injury. But every single number and every single stat and every single trend would say, take the 49ers. So, like, I feel like I can't play a side because just from a betting perspective, it looks to me like maybe Seattle keeps it close. But every single argument you have about Seattle, oh, Kenneth Walker III might be back for this one. Well, guess what? He's going against the number one rush defense in the entire NFL when it comes to this Niners defense. Oh, well, the Niners like to run the football. Maybe it's a low-scoring slugfest. No, the Niners have scored 30-plus points in three of their last four games with a backup quarterback that just learned the playbook or just, you know, had its first few tastes of being a starter. So it's just everything points to the Niners in this one. It makes me a little nervous that 
we've seen money on the Niners or on the the Seahawks, excuse me, because when it drops from three and a half to three, it's a completely different bet. Like three and a half, uh, you're getting a field goal game in which the the underdog can cover. Uh, but for me, I don't know. I think I would lean towards the Niners, but God says that maybe the Seahawks keep it close. Clearly, I'm a little torn. Chelsea, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like everything to me is pointing to the under because of what we've seen in primetime games this season, the 49ers defense, the lack of a run game for Seattle, and then Brock Purdy, a true road game on the road in Seattle. I feel like this could be a fairly low scoring game. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of sabotage factors for the under though, uh, because the reason why the Seahawks have been good this year is because Geno Smith has had some really good games through the air. That's really the only way I think you can beat the 49ers is through the air because the run defense, like I said, is number one uh, in the NFL. So maybe if we see a good game from Geno Smith, we actually see some scoring. And like I said, this Niners offense has been, you know, churning up points uh, right and left, 30-plus in three of their last four. And uh, the Seattle defense is not good, especially against the run. Second-worst run defense in the NFL so if the Niners want to run it, they certainly can. Have big play potential with Christian McCaffrey, who averaged over eight yards a carry last time out. Uh, so I'm pretty torn on that one. I think player props are probably the way to go. All right, so that game has a lot of implications in real football. Let's look at the Sunday a little bit here as it's a – it's an interesting week, as always, in the NFL. We can start with the Chiefs, uh, the team we cover here. It's another we were you know, we were all right about the Texans last week with the Cowboys, just ridiculous line. It's not that different now with them at home getting two touchdowns. That one's at fourteen. What do we think here? I mean, this is another one where it's just like God. What these these massive lines in the NFL are so dangerous. It seems like. Yeah, it's not worth playing. I think you look at the player props and Isaiah Pacheco. I'm sure you've been following him. He's had some monster sure. games. And so I think this is the place where the props aren't posted for him just yet, but the trajectory that he has had really coming on strong, not only in the run game, but also in the receiving game. Uh, had three catches last game. I think you look at his scrimmage yards. And plus, if anybody has a good matchup to run the football, it's Isaiah Pacheco going against the number one worst run defense in the NFL, that's the Texans. And also, if you think it's a positive game script where the Chiefs are ahead and they're running the football, I think that's why Isaiah Pacheco is maybe in store for a big game. Uh, following up on on the player props discussion for this game, Chelsea, generally speaking, and not even necessarily with this game specifically, what's a good way to bet Patrick Mahomes? just in general, because we know that typically he's going to throw for a lot of yardage, but we have seen him turn the ball over a little bit more this season than in years past. Uh, is it just, you think it's safe to say typically that you want to go over his passing yards prop, or is there another way to, to kind of get in, you know, some action with him from week to week? Yeah. From, um, I, this is probably not something chiefs want to bet on, but the reason uh, a good way to play Patrick Mahomes against the market is look at his interception prop. Because of the fact that he's throwing it so many times, he's going to have more of an opportunity to turn it over. And last game we saw him throw multiple interceptions. I don't think it's like fading Patrick Mahomes. It's just a matter of if you think it's a game in which he's going to throw the ball a lot, which I'm not sure if this Texas game is a great game for that, 
maybe that's a way to kind of turn the market on this year because usually you get a little bit more value for interception props when playing good quarterbacks because the reasoning is, you know, they're good quarterbacks. They're not going to throw picks, but all it takes is one for your interception prop to cash. So maybe that's the way to play Patrick Mahomes. That's interesting with Mahomes. I, I don't like how much of that do you take history and, and recent history versus long-term history when we go through an NFL season? If a guy's on a streak that's unusual for them, do you ride it for a while or do you stay away and, and lean to the long history we know of somebody that doesn't turn the ball over? I think a lot of it has to do with the matchup too because, you know, you have to look at the secondary that they're playing against. Like there's some really great secondaries. I think uh, we may have seen that coming, that Cowboys – Colts matchup, uh, which Matt Ryan was terrible because that's one of the best secondaries in the league. So you take that into your, um, you know, handicap as well is the matchup. Is this a secondary that's good at picking off passes? Because the thing about interception props is sometimes it's not even the quarterback's fault. Sometimes it's just the tip ball and sometimes it's fluky. Uh, so there is a little bit of variance in that. But if you're playing a good secondary, maybe that's what you start with. Well, let's look back on, uh, I know we've moved ahead to Sunday's games, but there's a good slate of games on Saturday this weekend, Chelsea. And one of them that is the primetime game that looks to be the biggest one of the entire uh, Saturday slate, maybe even one of the bigger games of the weekend. The Dolphins on the road taking on the Bills. The Dolphins have not looked good, and Tua looked really poor uh, last week. And But on the same side, the Bills haven't looked like world beaters either, only beating the Jets by eight last weekend. Uh, the Bills are, looks like, about a touchdown favorite or so. What do you like in this game? Yeah, this is one where you need to pay attention to the weather because I believe there's snow in the forecast for Buffalo, um, but I'm not a weather person, and I feel like these things can develop, you know, throughout the week. But the play I like the most in this one, the Bills over their team total of 12-and-a-half in the first half. I double-checked this number. I thought, 12-and-a-half? That seems really low. Uh, but that's the number posted over at that MGM. Uh, you can get that right now. And the Bills have been one of the more prolific offenses in the first half. Second most points per game in the first half, right behind the Eagles, averaging 18 points per game, averaging 20 points per game at home. So I think that's the way to go, especially against this Miami defense that has been, um, you know, thrown all over uh, in the past couple of games. So Bills team total in the first half over 12 and a half. What are some of your – we're asking you about specific games. What, what games are you identifying or what opportunities just in general are you identifying as your, some of your favorite bets of the week on the early lines? Yeah, I'm all aboard the Bengals train. I really like the Bengals laying three and a half on the road against the Bucks. I keep giving the Bucks chance after chance to prove me wrong in saying that eventually their offense is going to come around. It hasn't come around. And we've seen some games in which maybe it looked a little better in the final score than it actually was. Remember that Saints game or, or somebody where they had two touchdowns in the final two minutes of the game. But other than that, the offense was absolutely putrid. And it's not a good matchup. I think what people are not talking about is how good this Bengals defense is. You guys saw it when they played the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had a completion percentage of, what, 59%? Uh, and mm-hmm. not a single opposing quarterback has thrown for over 300 yards against this Bengals team. So I think it's a bad matchup for Tom Brady and the Bucks. I'll be rolling with the Bengals minus three and a half. So Chelsea, last week on the show, I asked you about the 
matchup between the Lions and the Vikings. And you said the line was primarily people fading the Vikings, and you were absolutely correct on that because uh, the Vikings look terrible. They're 10-3. and three. They're four-point favorites this weekend against a really bad Colts team. Uh, do you think that fading them is, is the right move still, or do you think that they can bounce back? I think this might be a good spot for Matt Ryan and the Colts because I think a lot of people will see the last game for the Colts and say, oh, my God, they gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter to the Cowboys. Got absolutely stumped. But here's the thing. The Cowboys have one of the best secondaries in the league. The Vikings are dead last in the NFL. So Matt Ryan, we've seen flashes where he looks all right. He can get first downs. He can move the chains. Uh, so this is a good matchup, you know, if you're throwing the ball. Should open up the lanes for the run game as well. I think this is the best possible matchup for the Colts. And we've seen this line move because it was four and a half. It's down to four. The best way, in my opinion, to play this is to play it in a teaser where you get the Colts, uh, add six points, you're up to ten. The Vikings have not beaten just about anybody by more than a touchdown. In fact, of their ten wins, only one of them have come by more than seven points. First game of the season against the Packers. So I don't see the Vikings blowing anybody out. I really like the Colts in a teaser this week. That's interesting because um, that game, yeah, it, it's it's recency bias kind of on both ends of it. Um, Deshaun Watson, what kind of a factor has he had on Cleveland Browns lines? Uh, they get the Ravens. They're favored by two and a half. It doesn't seem like he's made a massive impact so far, but we know the Ravens are banged up at the same time. Where has where his impact been felt, do you think? Well, it's definitely seeing the line because uh, now we're seeing them as favorites, but there's a lot of uncertainty in this game on the Ravens side of the ball. I think if it's Tyler Huntley, this line moves, and we see this game go closer to a pick but right now I believe he's in concussion protocol, even though he has practice, because I, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that is the third-string quarterback for the Ravens, but I think it's a big drop-off from Tyler Huntley to whoever that is, because Tyler Huntley at least is the same style of quarterback as Lamar Jackson. You don't have to tweak too much for the offense. Uh, so if it's Tyler Huntley, I'll be on the Ravens getting the points, but that's the big question mark. I don't think it's as much to Sean Watson. I think it's more, there's a lot of question marks on the Ravens side. Chelsea, the primetime game on Sunday night, the Giants and the Commanders in NFC East battle. The last time these two teams played each other a couple of weeks ago, they played to a tie. So how in the world do you attack this game? Todd, I think I'm going to throw the Giants in and tease out with the Colts. Hopefully the Commanders aren't going to be blowing out the Giants. Uh, I think the fact that the Giants are getting four and a half at home, it seems like a lot of points, but I don't really like playing, you know, gut feelings. It just kind of seems that way just because I don't think that the commanders are going to blow out anybody. Uh, but also the commanders have had plenty of time to learn their opponent. Uh, the scheduling quirk, like you said, they just played the Giants and now they've had a bye week and, oh, they're playing the Giants again. So they should know every quirk every tendency of this team. So maybe that's why the line is where it is, but I would lean towards the points in the Giants. Another one that I, you know, for a while there, uh, the easiest bet it seemed like each week was bears overs, right? With the way fields was playing bears overs. We know the Eagles are an insane offense. This again, to me, seems like a, a hammer it, hard kind of a bet because fields can break one off at any point. The bears aren't very good on defense. The Eagles are great on offense. 
I kind of like the Bears overs again. Am I off base there? I don't think so, but I think the safer play here is Justin Fields over his rushing prop. 69 and a half, and we all know that he can go way over this. He's rushed for over 100 yards uh, in games before, and I don't think it even matters the matchup because you say, oh, the Eagles are a great defense, uh, but it's more of a matter of opportunity, and I think that this Bears offense lives and dies with Justin Fields running the football, so I think we will see more of that. I think his rushing prop is set a touch too long, I'll be on that. I think these two uh, lines are probably correlated. If you think the Bears can cover, it's definitely an over game. But uh, there's a chance that the Bears could get absolutely smoked because that's the thing about the Eagles. Each week I try to make a case for the other side and say, oh, well, the Giants are getting too many points. wasn't the case. They got absolutely smoked. Oh, the Titans getting too many points. wasn't the case. They got smoked. So I think I'm done fading the Eagles for now at least. But I do think Justin Fields over his rushing crop is the play in that game. All right, Chelsea. Well, we appreciate it. Anything else before we let you go that we absolutely need to be on this weekend? Yeah, tonight. I'm going to look at George Kittle over his receiving stop of 38.5 yards. The matchup's great. Uh, the Seahawks allow the third most receiving yards to tight ends. And last year, George Kittle, in his December matchup against the Seahawks, went for 181 yards receiving. No Debo Samuel in the game tonight. Last game, George Kittle tied for the most targets in the, the receiving game with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. Debo Samuel was the guy tied with him. Now he's out of the picture. So I like George Kittle tonight, over 38 and a half receiving yards. All right. Chelsea, we appreciate it. Good luck with the bets tonight. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was the host of The Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Speaking of that app, football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on any Monday or Thursday pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and hotel tommy and i'll be back we'll have a giveaway for you uh, i misspoke earlier on what the giveaway was but we have a giveaway nonetheless we'll do that next on sports daily worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Let's give something away here as we have just a couple of minutes in this segment before we transition to our K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald, uh, getting ready for the Sugar Bowl, getting ready for uh, a look at Jerome Tang with a whole lot of practice time, lots of cool stuff to get to with Tim. That's coming up top of the next hour. Tommy, uh, let's do some hockey and tea. What do we got on the hockey side of things with the Wichita Thunder? Yeah, so next Friday, right before Christmas, it's our annual Meet Santa event. Santa and Mrs. Claus will be in attendance at Interest Bank Arena as the Thunder play, and we're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to that game. Starts at 7.05 next Friday night. 7.05, you can go to the Thunder game, and you can get a couple of gift uh, free tea cards, free iced tea from HTO here in Wichita. It's my wife's business. We just uh, we just opened a second location out east on 121st and or sorry 127th and 21st. Check out the new store, get a couple of uh, cards for a free iced tea. Check it out if you've never been in. We'd love to see you over there so you can get hockey, you can get tea, and you can do that uh, to our let's say let's do our first caller. We rarely do a first caller. Let's do first caller to Jad right now 8691240. Uh, Tommy coming up uh, in that second hour with Fitz, I, I am curious to get the feel of K-State basketball. Um, you know, we know Bill Self will take advantage of the lengthy practice time. He's got a long history of doing that, right? But we don't know, really, what Jerome Tang will do with a lot of practice time like that. It's an interesting thing for teams this time of year with finals and some of those things. But it's a real opportunity when you have a lot of new players to probably put in some of the best practice time that you will have had the opportunity to do. They went Tuesday to Sunday without a game. Now they go Sunday to a Saturday without a game, but a chance for Tang to really have an impact, I think, outside of what we're traditionally able to see. Yeah, I'm not sure that if you're Jerome Tang, you could have scripted a better start to the season. Um, He's got the best record of any first-year Kansas State head coach in the history of the program at 9-1. and one. Um, And the non-conference is not over with yet. And so this, is definitely, this has definitely been a situation for Jerome Tang to figure out what works for the program, to figure out who the, the playmakers are going to be, the impact guys on the team, and get them prepared for what should be a really tough but yet a really fun conference schedule. I mean, look, you, you could get into the conference with wins over – you know, Nebraska, Wichita State, LSU, Nevada, Rhode Island, Cal. Like, it's not, you know, it hadn't been a tremendous non-con schedule, yep. but there's there's name-brand programs all over the place in that Couldn't thing. have ended we'll any see. better for Jerome Tang. Yeah, it's, it's just about right. We'll talk to Fitz about that next. Uh, good luck to our contest participants there. We'll let Jad announce that winner uh, when we get back. We'll talk to Tim Fitzgerald when we get back. Hour number two of a Thursday edition of Sports Daily coming at you. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.